I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we'll be reading Deuteronomy chapters 1 and 2. First of all, let's get an introduction to the book. The wandering is over and 40 years have passed since the Hebrews left Egypt. So here they sit on the east side of the Jordan, ready to go into Canaan to possess it. But first, let's get a second giving of the law of Moses. That's what Deuteronomy means. It's not a Semitic word at all, actually. It's a rather compound Greek word, deutero, which means second, and nami, which means law. It was a name adopted for it as the result of the Old Testament translation into the Greek Septuagint. Now hang on for a repeat of the giving of the law to the Hebrews before they go possess their new land. Interestingly, the Hebrew Bible calls this book Devarim, derived from the opening phrase in the Hebrew text of verse 1. These are, or perhaps are to be, the words. Therefore, the Hebrew Bible just calls this fifth book of the Bible, Words. Deuteronomy was written by Moses, as was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. Since Joshua was Moses' right-hand man, he undoubtedly had a hand in helping Moses with these writings. He certainly must have been the one who completed Moses' work after his death. While the very name assigned to this book indicates a second giving of the Law of Moses, in actuality there are some variations to the Law of Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. Now that they are prepared to enter into Canaan, some lifestyle issues will be a little different now that they will no longer be touring the Sinai Peninsula. We'll point out some of these variations along the way. Now, in the first chapter, the first eight verses, we have the command to enter into Canaan. Verse 1, These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel, and Laban, and Hazaroth, and Dizahab. These are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Sihon, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt in Azeroth, in Edrai. On this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey, and go to the mount of the Amorites, and into all the places nigh thereunto, in the plains and the hills and in the vale, and in the south and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and into Lebanon, and to the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. Hey, haven't we been in this situation before? This time they're actually going to do what God says without murmuring. But before going into Canaan, the Hebrews have some history to go over and some laws to reiterate. How long since the Hebrews left Egypt? Well, there's your answer in verse 3. It says, In the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month. 
So here's a here's a, a little key for you, some verses to look at. Numbers chapter 10, verse 11 says, And it came to pass on the twentieth day of the second month, in the second year, that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony. So that means that they broke camp to head for Canaan in year two, month two, and day 20. And then we just read in this first chapter of Deuteronomy, verse 3, And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according to all that the Lord had commanded him in commandment unto them. So here we see that they are prepared to go into Canaan in year 40, month 11, day 1. So that means that the lapsed time, which I generally refer to as 38 plus years, the lapsed time was actually, accurately, 38 years, 8 months, and 11 days. So here's the question. How long should it have taken to travel from Mount Sinai, also known as Mount Horeb, where they were camping after leaving Egypt to Kadesh Barnea? Well, here's the answer. Should have taken 11 days. That's found in verse 2. It says in verse 2 again, There are 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. So 11 days, but it took them 38 years, 8 months, and 11 days. Now, hang on while Moses gives us a recap of the highlights of the journey from Egypt. He begins to recap the battles that got them there, positioned on the east side of the Jordan River. We see that in verse 4. There he mentions King Sihon and King Og. They're notorious from Numbers chapter 21. We see in verses 7 and 8 here that the declaration that it's time to cross the Jordan River and go in and possess the land. That's what's written there. You'll notice a boundary reference to Lebanon and the Euphrates River in verse 7. Now, I've provided a map of the promised land so that you can have a really good overview of it. And that's actually in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for April the 9th, a complete map of Israel's promised land and the verses referring to the boundaries that God had established with Israel. So we begin Moses' recap in verse 9. And I spake unto you at that time, saying, I'm not able to bear you myself alone. The Lord your God hath multiplied you, and behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance, and your burden, and your strife? Take you wise men, and understanding, and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. And he answered me, and said, The thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, and captains over hundreds, and captains over fifties, and captains over tens, and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren, and judge righteously between every man and his brother, and the stranger that is with him. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. And I commanded you at that time all the things which ye should do. So Moses recalls the reorganization he had done back in Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 to 27, 
Up until that time, Moses did all the ruling and all the judging himself. You'll recall that his father-in-law felt that he was just too much, that all this was just too much for one man. In this passage, we get a little additional insight regarding the appointment of the men to help judge at that time. Keep in mind, this was 40 years ago. These were instructions given to their fathers, not they themselves. Then we find that Moses' recap continues in verse 19 and records their refusal to enter Canaan, verse 19. And when we were departed from Horeb, we went through all the great and terrible wilderness, which he saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, ye are come into the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of the fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. And he came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went up into the mountain and came into the valley of Eskel and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And he murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear a son, and all the way that ye went, until ye came into this place. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night, to show you by what way ye should go, and in a cloud by day. Well, here's a sad time in Israel's history. We first saw this incident in Numbers chapter 13 upon the return of the spies. The subsequent rebellion in Numbers chapter 14 actually sealed their fate for the next 38 plus years. They send the spies into Canaan, but upon their return with land specimens and stories of their 40 days away from home, the people were afraid to go into Canaan. What's worse, they murmured and threatened the lives of Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb on that very occasion. One new item that we see in this passage of Scripture that we didn't actually get when we were reading the book of Numbers is the fact that it was the people's idea to send the spies into Canaan in the first place rather than just go in and possess it. We see that in verse 22 here. But Moses points out in verse 26, Notwithstanding, you would not go up but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Well, that gives us an idea of God's long-suffering. He tolerated their negotiations with Moses, but he did not tolerate their ultimate refusal to go on into Canaan at that time. Then Moses continues his recap in verse 34 with the penalty for their rebellion. And the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swear, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land which I swear to give unto your fathers. 
Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon, and to his children, because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, Thou also shalt not go in thither. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither, encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, which he said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn you, and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Then ye answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight according to all that the Lord our God commanded us. And when ye had girded on every man his weapons of war, ye were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites, which dwelt in that mountain, came out against you and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And ye returned and wept before the Lord. But the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. So ye abode in Kadesh many days, according unto the days that ye abode there. Now keep in mind, this story is being told by Moses to the children of those rebels back in Numbers chapter 14. It's important that this history does not repeat itself with these people of the later generations. Some additional insight is given in this passage indicating that the penalty for their rebellion did not extend to the premature deaths of the women in Israel, just the men of war. Furthermore, we deduct that the Levites were exempt as well. Now, I've written an entire article on the issue of the Levites and the women being exempt here. It's found on the right side at the top of the page for BibleTrack.org for today's reading. And also, it's under the topic section of BibleTrack.org. So we see here that Moses points out in verse 39 why the children of these rebels were not held responsible. It says, Moreover, your little ones, which he said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. Moses recalls in verses 41 to 46 that in their remorse regarding their rebellion against Moses, they decided to try to go into Canaan without God's leading hand. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 39 to 45, well, that attempt failed. You'll recall that there's a gap of 38 plus years between the events of Numbers chapter 14 and Numbers chapter 20. Actually, the gap almost certainly occurs between chapters 19 and 20, but that's not absolutely verifiable. The only information we have regarding Israel's activities during that time is found in Numbers chapter 33, which lists the locations of their encampments over that entire period. And in chapter 2, the recap continues, and we find here from the wilderness right into Moab. Verse 1, Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward, and command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir. And they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a footbreadth, 
because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Ye shall buy meat of them for money that ye may eat, and ye shall also buy water of them for money that ye may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these forty years. The Lord thy God hath been with thee, that thou hast lacked nothing. And when we passed by from our brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir through the way of the plain from Eloth, and from Ezion Geber, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, neither contend with them in battle. For I will not give thee of their land for a possession, because I have given Ar unto the children of Lot for a possession. The Emims dwelt therein in time past, a people great and many, and tall as the Anakims, which also were accounted giants as the Anakims, but the Moabites called them Emims. The Horems also dwelt in Seir before time, but the children of Esau succeeded them when they had destroyed them from before them, and dwelt in their stead, as Israel did into the land of his possession, which the Lord gave unto them. Now rise up, said I, and get you over into the brook of Zered. And we went over the brook of Zered. And the space in which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we were come over the brook of Zered was thirty and eight years, until all the generation of the men of war were wasted out from among the hosts, as the Lord swore unto them. For indeed the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from among the hosts until they were consumed. So it came to pass, when all the men of war were consumed and dead from among the people, that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Thou art to pass over through Ar, the coast of Moab, this day. And when thou comest nigh over against the children of Ammon, distress them not, nor meddle with them, for I will not give thee of the land of the children of Ammon any possession, because I have given it unto the children of Lot for a possession. That also was accounted a land of giants. Giants dwelt therein in old times. And the Amorites called them Zamzumims, a people great and many and tall as the Anakims. But the Lord destroyed them before them, and they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead. And he did to the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, when he destroyed the Horims from before them, and they succeeded them, and dwelt in their stead, even unto this day. And the Avims, which dwelt in Hazarim, even unto Azza, the Kaphtorims, which came forth out of Kaphtor, destroyed them, and dwelt in their stead. Rise ye up, take your journey, and pass over the river Arnon. Behold, I have given unto thine hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land, begin to possess it, and contend with him in battle. This day will I begin to put the dread of thee and the fear of thee upon the nations that are under the whole heaven, who shall hear report of thee, and shall tremble, and be in anguish because of thee. Now, chapter 2, verse 1, recaps Numbers chapter 14, verse 25, when God led them back into the wilderness. Beginning with verse 2, Moses' history lesson takes up with contemporary history. He gives a recap of what happened as they emerged from their 38 years of journeying in the wilderness. This recent history we saw as we read through Numbers. Highlights in this passage include God's decree that Israel not attack the Edomites in verses 1 through 8. Well, these are Esau's descendants, but history reveals to us that the Edomites for the centuries following would be a thorn in Israel's side. I've written some notes on this issue in Numbers chapter 20 in the verse passage, uh, verses 14 to 21, uh, regarding these Edomites, and some other references are there as well. 
Moses then recounts how the Lord had told them to try to work with the Moabites, Lot's descendants, and the Ammonites, also Lot's descendants. However, Moses goes into some detail to show us that the Moabites and the Ammonites had been somewhat displaced by the Amorites. So since the Ammonites and the Moabites had been displaced by the Amorites, Moses is not instructed to avoid these Amorites because they're not related. So with that history, that takes us up to Israel's engagement with these Amorites, specifically King Sihon in verse 26. And that's where we are right now. Verse 26, the defeat of King Sihon. And I sent messengers out of the wilderness of Kedemoth unto Sihon, king of Hezbon, with words of peace, saying, Let me pass through thy land. I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn unto the right hand nor to the left. Thou shalt sell me meat for money that I may eat, and give me water for money that I may drink. Only I will pass through on my feet." As the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, and the Moabites, which dwelt in Ar, did unto me, until I shall pass over Jordan into the land which the Lord our God giveth us. But Sihon king of Heshbon would not let us pass by him, for the Lord thy God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate, that he might deliver him into thy hand as appeareth this day. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land before thee, Begin to possess, that thou mayest inherit his land. Then Sihon came out against us, he and all his people, to fight at Jahaz. And the Lord our God delivered him before us. And we smote him and his sons and all his people. And we took all his cities at that time and utterly destroyed the men and the women and the little ones of every city. We left none to remain. Only the cattle we took for prey unto ourselves and the spoil of the cities which we took. From Aror, which is by the brink of the river of Arnon, and from the city that is by the river, even unto Gilead, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all unto us. Only the land of the children of Ammon thou camest not, nor into any place of the river Jabbok, nor into the cities and the mountains, nor into whatsoever the Lord our God forbade us. So here we find there's King Sihon in Numbers chapter 21, verses 21 to 32. This is the recap of what took place here in the last part of chapter 2. When asked for free passage, this king of the Amorites should have said to Israel, My pleasure. His mistake was fatal. Moses recalls the aftermath and the haul of the spoils after this great defeat of King Sihon. I mean, really, he should have accommodated Israel because they would have gone through in peace. But he's the one that made the war. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.